I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Get a free copy of Chantel Ray's Five Alive contract, the form that she has her agents sign to get a guaranteed $75,000 salary if they don't make it in commissions. A very controversial plan that's happening in her market today. You can get a free copy. Just text CONTRACT to 444-999 or go to hybendigital.com backslash contract. That's hybendigital.com backslash contract or just text contract to 444-999. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a super guest today. So I have a police officer on the line. No, he's actually a real estate agent. No, he's a police officer. Well, here's the thing. He's a dual career agent and he is knocking the ball out of the park. And I know that a lot of our audience here is uh, really appreciates it when we have solo agents on, in addition to team agents on, in addition to rookie agents on, in addition to dual career agents on, because Here's the thing, guys. Success leaves clues, and it doesn't matter what type of agent you are. If you're if if you are leaving clues to success, you can pick up on anybody's clues and use them for yourself. And I was really curious as to how he's doing so well and beating the streets as a cop at the same time, because some of the way he leverages and uses time management can be used in all aspects of real estate. And this is, so this is going to be a really good one and I'm excited. So without further ado, uh, David Green, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. Hey buddy, why don't you uh, give everybody a little bio on yourself so they can get to know you better? All right. I became a police officer in right around 2007, 2008. And, uh, I graduated college, took about a year to get hired. I kind of saved up money while I was in college. So I was lucky enough that when I graduated college, I had about $90,000 saved up in the bank and all my school paid for. And then the market crashed right around 2009 when I got hired as a deputy. So I bought my first rental property. And that was a little bit tricky. Once I figured out how to get property management involved and take a lot of the load off of my plate, I saw this ain't too hard. You can own rental properties and it doesn't take a whole lot of your time. And I kind of committed myself to just working a ton of overtime as a cop so that I could buy more of these rentals. 
I started buying a couple a year and then California got too expensive. So I started buying in Arizona and I learned how to buy out of state and then that got too expensive. So I moved to Florida and I started buying out there. And then about uh, three months ago or, so, or actually a year ago or so, I got my real estate agent license and said, you know, I want to do this because um, I already know how it works. I know how real estate goes. Why am I referring everyone I know to some other agent so that they can service them? And I said, I'll do it. And I did both the police thing and the agent thing for about a year. And then recently, as in the last maybe two months ago, I hired a full-time assistant and I took a short leave of absence from work to kind of get the team built up and going. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last two months. Wow. Okay. So, well, let's get some nitty gritty before we get down into like the house and, and time management and stuff. So, all right. So uh, how many houses did you sell last year? So last year, it was really the only the last six months of the year that I started going for it, and I sold 12. Okay. So you sold 12 houses. So you sold two houses a month, right? Right. And you were a, a cop full time. And, oh, yeah. And you bought how many rentals last year? Last year, I bought uh, 10 rentals, and I flipped two houses. <laughs> okay. So you, okay. So you're selling two houses a month. You're, you're essentially flipping a house a month or flipping or holding a house a month and you got a job as a, as a cop at the same time and you're working overtime right as a cop oh yeah you have to work overtime, you have to work <laughs> overtime. okay so let's just jump right into like how like how how are you doing this time management wise are you not sleeping elaborate well when i was working crazy overtime as a cop I was I wasn't sleeping much at all. I wasn't eating very well. It was kind of a rough life. I was doing ninety to one hundred hours a week, and I was sleeping in my car a couple of days a week. Uh, now that I'm doing both police and real estate, I cut back on the overtime at the police job a lot, and I I basically learned that there's certain parts of any transaction, whether you're buying a house to rent, buying a house to flip, representing your clients on a house, that you need to be there for. And then there's a lot of parts of the transaction that really anybody could be there for. It's kind of like if you're a waiter at a, at a restaurant, you got to be there to take the order. you got to be there to put the order in the kitchen, and you got to be there to bring the food. But anyone can fill up their drink. Anyone can bring them some more bread. Anyone can get them butter, ketchup, or whatever they need. And I started finding other people that could do those little you know, clear-the-table type jobs so that I could be available to do the stuff that only I could do. Okay. And so, like... What did you delegate? So what? Give us some meat and potatoes. Let's say there's someone listening, and they're you know either leveraged either by selling too much, right, and they want to team up, or by somebody who is also a dual career and they want the leverage. So give me some specifics on what you know. You had people who brought the bread to the table. What you actually did. You know how you made it so you were available just to take the order, that sort of thing. Give us some detail. So the first thing that I realized when I was a new agent is I knew real estate, but I didn't really know how to be an agent. I didn't know what forms I needed. I didn't know what they were called. I didn't know how to find them. Writing a contract took me a long time. Everything was just really messy and ugly and really stressful to try to find time to do it. The biggest move I made in the beginning that helped was I found a really good transaction coordinator who had done this before. And I basically doubled what she was getting paid out of escrow and said, I need you to do all these things for me when I can't. When when we get an offer, a counter offer, and I need signatures, I need you to send it to my buyers to sign for me. 
when uh, another agent needs something from us, I need you to get on the phone with the title company and tell them that they need to send it. I don't want them to call me. And then I kind of followed what my transaction coordinator was doing and learned from her to see when these requests come in, this is the type of thing that we need to do. And that's how I learned it. But it also took a ton of the pressure off of me to figure out how to do things so that I could go out there and look for more business and fulfill the responsibilities I already had. Yeah, no, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, so does your transaction coordinator, is this a full-time person? No, she's actually the same transaction coordinator for the rest of my office. So oh, she's okay. Doing- so you pay her like per deal, per settlement, right? Yeah, exactly. And I just doubled what she was making because I knew I was asking her to do a lot more and I wanted her to like me. Now, did you tell everyone you're working with? Do you tell everybody I'm also a cop so there's going to be times when you're not going to be able to get a hold of me? Or do you just, you know, not even bring that up? No, a lot of them already knew I was a cop because, you know, most of my business came from my sphere of influence. But what I found is that as long as somebody is talking to the person or answering their question, they didn't really care if it was me or if it was someone else. And then I just made sure that every day I kept in touch with each client I had to ask them how they were feeling, how things went. And if there was some miscommunication, I kind of cleared it up then. What I did is I introduced my transaction coordinator as my assistant in the beginning. And I would just say, hey, this is my assistant. Her name's Mary Kay. She's going to be helping with a lot of the paperwork and getting all the T's crossed and I's dotted. And so then every time that she talked to him, they, they thought, oh, David wanted you to talk to me. They didn't know that I might not have even been involved in it at all. Okay. And so uh, when you're at, uh, now, are you, a, are you a beat cop? Are you a detective? Like, wh- are you behind a desk? Like, where, what's your day like as a police officer? So I was on a special team. Um, it was an anti-terrorism team, and we did a lot of proactive work for the department. So we did warrant service. And if we had to go look for somebody to arrest or put a special operation together to catch car thieves, I was on that team. When I got my license, I realized I, I can't be doing that and also do real estate at the same time because I just couldn't answer my phone. So I got off of that, and I went and signed into a beat that was much slower, kind of a nicer area that had a lower workload. And that freed me up to be able to kind of answer phone calls or send emails or check in on stuff in between calls or when I was at lunch. You know, it wasn't as stressful for me. So being a cop, it was kind of the same thing as being a real estate agent. There are things where I got to be turned on and engaged and focused in what's happening. Right. And then you have an hour when your report's done where there's not a whole lot going on and you're just sitting in a parking lot looking at people where you can be doing this work. So are you allowed to technically or I mean like – or is it just one of those things like you can do whatever the hell if you're sitting, you know, if, if your job is to sit there at a speed trap, right? And, and nobody's speeding. Is it cool to text people like, and be like, Hey dude, you know, you want to buy this house or not? Yep. That's exactly what goes on. Um, yep. if I was doing that, I'd be texting my buddies and we'd be, you know, sharing videos between each other. Right. So right. Yeah. It's happening anyways. Okay, cool. So it, it, the job enabled you to do. It's kind of like a fireman. Like I know a lot of firemen that are that are um, uh, real estate agents too. And you know, there's a lot of downtime, and it's just cool. That's just how you roll. You know, it's not like you. It's micromanaged, right? Yeah, so that's, a, that's no a difference. Example. Yeah, because those guys are shooting pool half the time when they're not sleeping or cooking or cleaning a truck or on a call. So they might as well be on a computer running comps. So what's what other uh, sort of time management advice? do you have for everybody? So I, I immediately, when I got into this, realized I don't want to be involved in the details that aren't that important. So um, I would kind of go over this stuff with my clients and tell them I'd be here to help you sign something and explain what it was over the phone. And then when they sit down to 
to sign a form, whether it was disclosures or something else. They were like, oh, yeah, the David told me about this. This is what I need to do. I didn't find it necessary to go sit down and sign it with them every time unless they expressed that that was something they wanted. Uh, recently, I hired myself an assistant, and that has been one of the best moves I ever made, having a full-time assistant, because now that person takes a lot of stuff off my plate, such as running comps for me, uh, coordinating showings with uh, other agents. One of my buyers want to see a house, uh, looking, looking up information about the property taxes, the things that we all kind of get caught up that we call work. You really don't need to be the person doing it. Once you teach someone how to do it, mm. anyone can do it. A virtual assistant can do that kind of stuff for you. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the business. Where is this coming from? So uh, majority of your clients are other cops? Other cops, friends and family, uh, old, old co-workers. I think what helped me is I was already known as a real estate guy from all the rentals that I was buying and mm. people me talk about it. So I really haven't had to compete with hardly any other agents for business because people already trust me. They yeah. already know, they already like me. You know, when I hear guys talk about going on these listing appointments and trying to beat out five other agents, I just think, man, you can't find anyone you know that just likes you and wants to use you without you having a fight with five other strangers. Well, you know, especially cops, because you guys trust each other. You know, there's a brotherhood there. So I think that kind of helps a lot. Firemen are the same way. You know, any sort of, of job like that, I think that there's a there's a strength in uh, fellowship or whatever, you want, camaraderie or whatever you want to call it. So that, that's, that's brilliant. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your investing. So, you know, a lot of people would be like, ah, California is too, uh, uh, you know, crazy. I'll just, I'm going to just sit on the sidelines. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to Florida and Arizona. Why did you go to those areas? What are you buying there? What are you doing with these things? That sort of thing. What kind of meat and potatoes can you give us? What sort of, uh, what sort of returns are you looking for? Give us some deets. All right, awesome. I'm actually writing a book about this very topic right now about how I invest out of state, and I, I don't see the houses myself almost every time. I buy them sight unseen. Um, the, the reason why I went into Arizona was just the prices there made sense for the rents you could get. So real estate investing is so much more simple than people want to make it. When I was in California, it got to a point that you could not buy a house and put a regular down payment like 20% or so down and cash flow positive to a point that you could get a decent return on your money. I mean, you were looking at one to 2%. So instead of just being bitter about it and claiming that the, you know, the whole thing's a scam or it's unfair, I just went to a place where I could. So I went to Arizona. I found an agent actually on TV. They were on Fox Business News and got her to decide to work with me and flew out there and I met her property manager. And then I uh, got a referral from the property manager for a contractor. And then I bought my first two houses from her, and that was kind of my uh, like initiation into out-of-state investing where I realized, okay, these are all the things that I would do if the house was in California. I just got to find someone to do it in Arizona. And I bought about five, six, maybe seven houses out there over the next two years, and then <laughs> Arizona got too expensive, and I was thinking, well, where am I going to go? And I found some guys in Florida that were able to put me in touch with a lender. My biggest problem was once you have more than 10 properties, it gets really hard getting a loan. And I found a lender that would let me borrow out in Florida, and I figured, well, I better learn this market because that's where I can start buying. Okay, so well, well, you know, we're all about meat and potatoes and specifics here. Can you give us the name of the lender and the phone number or the website? Um, I can tell you that it was Reunion Bank, but they're not doing those kinds of loans anymore. I'm set up on a, a commercial line of credit that's secured by residential real estate, and the bank itself isn't giving away those loans at this point. 
and, and so because I have the same problem, right? And and so Reunion Bank's not doing it anymore. So now you just use a local bank in California. No, what I'm doing now is I'm finding any lender that will let me borrow against a, a line of credit. It's usually a commercial line of credit. Right. And then once I hit a certain limit, I'm going to go refi into a blanket mortgage, clear off the line, and then use that line to start uh, building again. So kind of, you know, for what mean potatoes, I'm buying houses for cash in Florida. And then as I'm getting them fixed up, like let's say I buy it for 60 grand and I put 20 into it. So I'm in for 80 and then it appraises at 100. Well, I can borrow seventy five thousand back against that line of credit. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'll do. I'll I'll have only five thousand of my money left in the house. I'll get the rest out. It'll it'll still cash flow really good. I'll do that for maybe eight, nine, ten houses until the line of credit's full. Then I'll go find another lender who will let me borrow against all ten to refinance. That will clear up the line and then I can start building it again with the next ten. Yeah, that's great. You just gotta make sure you don't have prepayment penalties and you know, that sort of thing. So I got it. I got it. Okay, cool. Podcasts Nation. Boy, listen, the emails, Facebook comments, everything is blowing up with regards to episode 500. Dale Archdeacon and Sam Monreal, the premier experts on real estate leads in the world, I would say, were on and it was a phenomenal show. They have a class on Rebus University. They have three classes that are being offered at 195 bucks each. The Certified Outbound Lead Specialist, Certified Inbound Lead Specialist, and the Certified ISA Manager course, all with a ton of videos, a ton of tests, and a ton of special downloads to help you build your outbound leads, your inbound leads, and your ISA teams. And so we are offering them for 100 people only a hundred people only we're giving a bundle and in that bundle you're going to get all three and you get them all three for 495 bucks or you can buy them separately for 195 bucks each you know take the shortcut avoid all the mistakes you know the right way to do it from the beginning right out of the gate turnkey and easy improve your lead conversion improve your roi more commission dollars i mean just get the roadmap from proven experts your return on investment of 495 bucks is tenfold just from one sale, maybe 20-fold just from one sale. I mean, the cost of this course has a massive return on investment, a massive one. Look at the five-star reviews on rebusuniversity.com of all of our other courses, and you'll see that uh, we don't make crap. We make courses that are phenomenal. And these are some of the best. We have a 100% money back guarantee. And again, it's proven experts who walk the talk. They don't just teach it. They're in the trenches every day. Now, when I did the interview with them on episode 500, they offered their emails to the world. And I'm like, dude, you do not want this. This could be a mistake. I said, let's just make this bundle. We'll make it 100 people for the bundle. We'll close it after 100, and anybody that gets the bundle will give them out your emails. So that's what we're going to do. Not only do you get the bundle, but you're going to get their private emails so you can email them questions you have as you go along or just email them and say hello. And that will be only for the first 100 people that jump on this. One way to get it, and that's just the text bundle. 
text BUNDLE, B-U-N-D-L-E, to 444-999. Just text BUNDLE to 444-999. Get the ISA Manager course, the Outbound Lead, and the Inbound Lead course. All in one. This one is one of the best. Trust me. That's BUNDLE. (laughs) That's BUNDLE to 444-999. Text the word BUNDLE now. All right, well, uh, you know, clearly you've made some mistakes along the way. Can, can you give us a failure that you've had, David, uh, that we can maybe learn from and make sure that our audience out there uh, doesn't make the same mistake you did? Yeah, uh, my biggest failure was the very first house I ever bought. I did not hire a property manager because I'm cheap. And I thought, why am I paying this guy 100 bucks a month when I can fill out a form and I can handle this myself? One of the biggest mistakes I ever made I had no idea what I was doing. The tenant was a scam artist. He was way better than me when it came to this whole game. Well, a he, cop got scammed. Oh, yeah. And I'll admit it. It was, it was bad. Well, what's the it, scam so we don't fall for the same one? So his deal was he wasn't sending me the rent. He was just telling me that it was in the mail. Yeah. And I wasn't around to where I could actually go serve him the eviction papers. So every month he'd give me another false promise and I'd say, okay, I'm too busy or I'm too stressed. I don't yep, want to do it. I believe you. You believed him. Exactly. I believe you. And then the money never showed up. Well, then he ended up finally paying me. And I thought that was good. And then another couple months went by. He didn't pay. Well, it turns out the county sent the check after I closed with the um, extra property taxes that they took out at escrow that they shouldn't have to the rental property, not to me. He took that check, wrote it or wrote his own name in there, cashed it out to himself and paid me rent with my own money. How do you do? Uh, he, I mean, obviously, clearly it was made out to you, right? Yeah, and he went and forged my name and took it to a bank, and they gave him money for it. Really? Yep. He didn't have to show an ID? Nope. And Whatever he was using was fine. Did, did, you, did you get him on it? Well, I went and called the police, and they did a little investigation. They couldn't get him mm. to admit it. The bank had already um, erased the security footage from when it had happened. So I never got money back from him, but I got it back from the county because they sent it to the wrong place. Yeah, right. But, yeah, because you, know, you never got the money. No, no. That whole process. Oh, what a disaster. Years. What a disaster that was. Wow. Okay. It almost quit before I even got started. I'm so glad I didn't. But the solution was find someone else to do the thing that you're not good at. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And <laughs> right, I'm really right. glad I did. So, okay. So let's talk about your uh, real estate business and building rapport with other cops and, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, do you, I mean, like, it can't be just osmosis, right? I mean, you. How do you let other cops know? Uh, how do you let other people know that you're the real estate agent? You know, you might not have to fight as hard once you get the lead, but you still have to fight to get the lead. So uh, tell me about that. So, what I found that works the best for me is that I just, when people ask me what's going on in my life, I get really excited when I tell them about the last deal that we closed and I highlight all the best parts of it. So, for instance, yeah. I had a guy that bought a new home from a builder. He brought me in as his, as his agent. I negotiated him like 10 grand less for the price of the house. And then I got all the closing costs paid by their builder, which that's kind of standard in a lot of deals. But if you don't say it, people won't realize that you can get that if you have an agent. Then I got him to throw in another 10000 in free upgrades. 
And then I talked to his lender, and I got them to waive his mortgage insurance by using LPMI, which a lot of these you really earned your keep. I mean, whenever anybody brings you in a deal like that and you get a free commission, you you feel extra obligated to earn it, right? Yeah, and then I just have to tell people that. So, like you just heard me going on this whole thing, and you said, "Wow, that's great." That's what I want everyone I talk to to be thinking too. And then when they hear about other agents selling houses and they're not hearing that come from their mouths, then they think, well, David's the guy who can negotiate the best. I want to go with him. Mm. So, so basically, you know, instead of talking about the weather or, or the, you know, the Dodgers or, or, or anything like that, when you're at a party or you're somewhere and someone's like, what have you been up to? You immediately go to a real estate story your latest because there's tons of them right you immediately go to your latest real estate story and start talking about that and then and then you're re-emphasizing number one that you're a real estate agent and number two that you're a badass real estate agent because you you know save them money specifically or you you know got them the house they wanted or whatever that's exactly all that it is i mean if you negotiate for your seller a shortened contingency period instead of 17 days you get them to do seven I just bring that up in the conversation and I tell the people why that's so good because they don't understand real estate. They don't understand. Most people don't know right. it all. They, the price of the house and that's it. So if, when you tell them these stories, you emphasize the parts that you did for your clients that are above and beyond. You don't really have to win them over later. I kind of feel like I'm winning them over during the story. Yeah. And we're, I think sometimes as agents, we get bored with the same stuff and we think that because we're bored with the same stuff that they're bored with it too but they've never even heard of stories like that right they've they've only had their own stories which might have been one or two if not any times so they're they're fascinated by your stories about you know a contingency that's dropped from 17 days to seven and and how that benefits the seller and 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 you know that to them that's probably interesting especially if they're thinking about selling or buying Absolutely. And I learned that because everyone wanted to hear a cop story everywhere I went. And I got <laughs> you're, like, so, you're like, go watch cops, you know, don't, don't, don't get it from me. Yeah. <laughs> you took a boring beat on purpose, right? So you wouldn't have to tell those stories again. Your, your story would be seven miles over the speed limit. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say uh, something that uh, you see other agents in your office doing or other agents in the industry doing where you think the juice is just not worth the squeeze? You know what I mean? Like it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. They're making a mistake. They're not putting their sphere as their number one goal. Mm-hmm. I think, that, I mean, I don't know the numbers on it, but if you looked at the return you get for the time you spend lead generating your own sphere versus calling uh, a for sale by owner that's been called seven times by other agents and you're trying to just <laughs> right. better than the other seven. Uh, to me, I don't get it. it. To me, it's like I don't want to have to work super hard to convince a guy to let me sell his house unless I got nothing else to do. If I can call up an old coworker that I used to work with at a restaurant and ask how they're doing and they said they're pregnant and their their family's growing and I say, have you thought about buying a house? And they say, that's a good idea and I can get a lead from there. It's so much easier. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. People make that mistake all the time. All right, cool. So so let's wrap this up, uh, David, with our flagship question, and that is this. Let's say that I took you and I put you on an island, all right, and I'm going to go with dual career, right, with, with nine other dual career agents, right, A- agents that have the same amount of time left at the end of the day as you do. 
and I'm going to give you each a thousand dollars. I'm going to give you each a laptop computer. I'm going to give you each a cell phone. Whoever sells ten houses first gets ten million dollars. High okay. stakes here, buddy. Whoever sells ten houses first gets ten million dollars, but you only got a thousand bucks each. I say go. How are you going to win this game? So I'm going to let those other nine agents go fight over the same people, calling their for sale by owners and their expireds and the stuff that you know agents get told to do. And I'm going to go and I'm going to go look for the hungry guy who works for a contractor Monday through Friday and does his own job on the side on the weekends and doesn't charge very much for the same work. And I'm going to put a list of those guys together. And then when I go to talk to that same person that seven other people have talked to, I'm going to say, look, man, if you sell your house with me, I'll bring in my team. We can put new granite countertops in for $1,500. They'll bring in all new appliances and install them for $25 each. You're going to have this whole house renoed and selling for top dollar for a couple thousand bucks compared to the fifty grand you are going to pay a licensed contractor who comes in with his big fancy truck to do the work. I don't think any of these other agents can help you there. What do you think about saving yourself money on the rehab and making yourself a lot more selling? And it's going to be hard for that person to say, no, I want to go with this other guy because he was really nice. So it sounds like you've done that before, huh? Oh, yeah. And it's easy because once you understand that side of real estate, it's not hard for me to manage a rehab project for a client instead of myself. But it lets clients know it's not just I have a nice personality and you should like me. It lets them know I'm doing extra work for you to make you more money. I'm treating it like it's my own. Yeah. And I think that's hard for the competition to, to come out on top of that when they can't offer that. Right. And, and it's... Uh and it's like, hey, I'm saving you money here, right? I mean, people can't argue with that, right? And, and exactly. you, you may have something. Now, they, there's a chance they're not going to know that that's the truth. I guess they're going to have to trust you in, until they get an estimate from the other guy. Yeah, we, we could make a phone call and call one contractor out of the Yellow Pages and say, what would you cost to do this kitchen? And he's going to say twenty grand, And then I can show them the bid for five grand from the people that I'm using. And it, I think at that point, it's very hard for them to keep interviewing other agents. And, it, and not everyone has that same skill set, but there is something that every agent has that they do better than other people. And I think you just really have to hone in on that and make sure people understand. If you use me, it will help you in this way. Yeah, I think you can even come up with a with with a guarantee if you if you got some guts, you know, that's like, you know, whatever whatever you come up with by a licensed contractor, I can guarantee it, it cut it in half. And if you can't. Then you just lower your commission a little bit by the by the difference or or whatever. But just the fact that you have that risk reversal uh, helps solidify it. You know. Yeah, that's genius. That's perfect. That's exactly the the kind of conversation I'd be having with all the people on that island. I like it, buddy. I like it, buddy. Well, David, this has been great. Best of luck to you in all of your investing, all of your selling all of your policing efforts you know when i'm in the san francisco bay area i will definitely uh, look you up and we can break some bread my brother all right pat keep rocking thank you for listening to real estate rock stars please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening all five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure and If you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro 
by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.